It's hard to believe it's only been a week since those horrific tornadoes came through our state and our region, claiming so many precious lives and doing such immense property damage. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast number 81. This is May the 4th of 2011. It was the afternoon of the uh, podcast last week when the storms moved through Alabama, and it was indeed an horrific day for our state. Uh, Summarize for us what we know so far. Well, the most recent revised estimate on the death toll in Alabama alone was 236. Um, Throughout the region from that set of tornadoes last week, it's 328. So we're talking about just a huge loss of life. Yeah. But what's intriguing to me, and you've heard this from other people, so I'm, I'm just saying what other people have said, it is startling to see how capricious these storms are. Yes. You will see a strip of earth that is simply ravaged. There is nothing left. And then literally 150 feet or 200 feet away, a house and barn and flowers and so forth are unaffected at all. Yeah. And I'm sure they got a lot of wind, but they were not damaged. And it's just, I don't know what to say about that other than it seems so capricious. It does. And it gives one a respect for the power of nature and the weather and, and a healthy respect that you know, I, uh, the stories go on and on about the people who apparently thought they were taking cover, but if you were in a house that was going to be collapsed, flattened like a pancake, you're not safe. There's nowhere to go. Um, you are right about the capricious nature of it, and you and I have both gone past some of the damaged areas right here in our own county, Elmore County. Yeah, it's not that we've been seeking out, seeking no, them out. No, no, we passed in your, it in your normal in travels, our normal travel, right? And uh, trees broken off, a swath of uh, that you just see the incredible damage that storm caused. And you're right, a uh, hundred yards away, a community of houses or a little circle of houses that seem the same. They are the same way, basically, that they were before the tornadoes came through. But uh, not only was our own area here affected terribly, and you know, there's a lot of relief effort going on. But our alma mater, we went to the University of Alabama, and Tuscaloosa um, is one of the communities that was really, really just devastated, hammered. hammered. There's just no way to describe it. So, um, like I said, it's kind of that topic has dominated our thoughts, our lives, our prayers um, for the past week. And this will not be a quick turnaround. It's something that we will continue to think about pray about, contribute in whatever way we can to help with the cleanup. And yes, life won't get back to, quote, normal uh, for any of the people affected. But, you know, there is a new day and we hope and pray for that. We've never done this before in a podcast and uh, we hope never to do it again. 
but we thought it might be helpful for us to um, acknowledge the grief, the pain, the destruction with a moment of silence. Amen. Yes, amen. Um, now, in terms of how the storms have affected us, very little. Um, as far as our property, you mean? Yeah, we've we not have... had any damage to structures here at Longleaf Breeze. We've lost several trees, but that's not anything unusual. Yeah, We're yeah. accustomed to losing trees. We lost a big blackjack up on the driveway that I need to get cleared, but mm -hmm. nothing on the order of the kind of death and destruction we've seen in other places. Um, we did um, lose power at the lake temporarily, mm -hmm. but that's yeah, restored that's now. That's restored, and, right. And there was no damage at or near the lake place that uh, we have. So, you know, we're just grateful that uh, we have come through this as well as we have, and I guess grateful for all of those people who are stepping up to help, mm -hmm. uh, stepping up to help with their bodies, with their money, with their food and tools and equipment. Um, God bless them. Yes. And, you know, our church is collecting donations, and um, our priest will be taking those to a collection center um, we've got funds going, coming through the Episcopal Church. We have the Red Cross, uh, you know, any number of organizations that univer the University of Alabama has started a kindness fund. So anybody who's wanting to contribute, there are so many avenues that you can contribute financially. And we'll post those yeah. on the show notes page so that uh, if you're interested in that, you can quickly link on that and find a way to help uh, because there's this is going to take years yeah, it really for is. us it, to recover from. Yeah, and, and like we said, there's no replacing the lives of people that are lost. That, that just won't you know, happen. But, but we should probably, if you don't mind shifting gears just a little bit, we did have um, in the midst of all that, because it had already been planned, kind of a happy occasion on Saturday. It was it, happy. It, um, because our former Sunday school class, of which we were members for... I don't know how many years, 20 maybe, <laughs> in uh, Vestavia Hills, Alabama. They all came for their second annual picnic at Longleaf Breeze. And, yeah, we were mindful. And, of course, so many of those people had lost power because there was a lot of damage in Birmingham. Some still well. without power. Some still without power. And, and we were certainly mindful of what was going on at the time. But, as I said, that had already been planned. There was no reason not to do it. And we enjoyed each other's company, and it was just a good group of folk to gather and eat some really good food and walk around our trails here, so we were glad to have them come. We sure were. It was just a very pleasant day, and we were able to spend some time after then with our friend Beverly Rutledge, who spent the night with us uh, two nights after mm -hmm. that and uh, had a delightful visit with her. That's right. So okay. it worked out real well in yeah. terms of, of that. And Beverly actually helped me out in the garden she did some planting and some weeding so so let's uh, shift our you. gears to planting uh, you know last year we were delayed in planting because of the deer fence and it now appears that we will have at least a, a partial delay in some of our planting this year yes we've already talked about how the sale of the house that we had in Birmingham uh, took up a lot of our time and that was a delay but 
we also had a further delay just getting some of the topsoil that we needed to continue with the planting. And that soil arrived this morning, I'm happy Woo-hoo! to say. Yes, the froggy <laughs> bottom uh, dump truck pulled up with our load of super soil about 7.20 this morning, and I have not been so happy to see a truck in a long time. <laughs> so Farmer Borden's hired help knows how he will be spending his afternoon. We're <laughs> yes. going to be... Uh, Preparing rows and arranging super soil on them so that it, so that you can get on with your planting. Yeah, yeah. We've got all of row, actually most of row three and all of rows one and two where we plan to uh, deploy that super soil. Super soil. And then uh, most of row eight as well, I think you said. Yes, uh, I need to plant some beans, different kinds of uh, pole beans, rattlesnake beans, etc. there. So there's really nothing holding us back now except the our ability to get done, get work done fast. Right. So yeah. um, we're just, we're just going to have to get at it and get the job done. That's right. Um, tell us a little bit about what we've already planted and um, what's next up. Okay. Well, I finished planting my watermelon seed. I think by last week we had planted the watermelon plants, but I've got seed in the ground now, which I have not seen germination yet from the watermelon and cantaloupes, but hopefully we will soon. We need to update the database with that because I don't have that on the database yet. Okay, we will. And then I planted all of my squash, so uh, both the summer squash and the winter squash. haven't planted pumpkins yet. It's too soon for that. But those cucurbits are all planted in one long row, and we plan to go in probably today and put our row cover because there is some germination already uh, from the summer squash. So it's time to uh, go forward with our plan that in order to maybe prevent um, squash bugs and squash, squash bugs vine borers, and vi- vine borers right, from getting to the plants, we need to go ahead and, and get those undercover until such time as we see blossoms appearing, and then we'll have to uncover so that we can pollen- they'll be pollinated. Um, let's see what else. Um, just a few random herbs here and there to kind of fill in. Um, I've bought my sweet potatoes and now I can plant those plants in the, uh, now that I have the super soil because we didn't have any, uh, soil on the rows where those needed to be planted. Um, but you know, it's just, it's, it's coming along. It's just a very slow process this year. Um, and I may think of some other things that we planted as we go along, but those are the main things. Just a note about the super soil. I don't want to leave the impression that we're going to have to keep pulling in soil from off the farm to keep our uh, veg growing. We're not. This we regard as a one-time thing. Yeah. Well, when you say a one-time thing, we might want to back up and remind everybody that we took delivery of a load of super soil last year and used that for planting the fall veg. And so that those rows already have super soil on them. Correct. And and actually a little bit of the early, early spring veg had some. I think we had a little bit for the peas. And we've used our own compost for a couple of the rows as well. Mm-hmm. So this is, we're doing this with each row, sort of a one-time thing. And then from here on out, we think our own compost should be sufficient to keep them fertile right. and so forth. That so. and our plan to build our own soil through um, planting sun hemp and cover and crops, cover crops yeah. that build uh, and help to amend our soil a bit. So um, we're hopeful that we don't have to keep, as you said, buying it. For one thing, it's expensive. It is very expensive. We can't keep this up. However, 
we regard it as money well spent here at the beginning to um, give a jump start to the right. fertility of Veg Hill. That's right. Um, just a little update about the orchard. Um, I have spent some time out there um, nearly every day, just a little nipping and tucking and having a great time. Orchards are fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it looks nice, too. We have two or three trees that have not made it. We've got a couple of thornless blackberries that didn't do well, and they're basically out of it. Yeah. And we've got a one supreme muscadine, and we've got two wasifuyu persimmons that have not yet developed any foliage. I'm not ready to give up on them yet. It's still possible that they will um, blossom for us, but um, we're obviously concerned yeah. about those. And there's one blueberry plant. Oh, that's, that's true. There's one blueberry that didn't make it. Yeah. But basically, we're doing well. Um, and I guess the the really fun success story is our one-year-old figs. That's right. We had three figs, a Celeste, a Brown Turkey, and an LSU Gold that we planted last year. And all three of them uh, were hammered by the winter's freeze. Uh, if you recall, here in central Alabama, we got down to, I think it was like 15 degrees. Um, Probably December, right? A night or two. Um, and they were not prepared for that. And there was no um, foliage from the existing trees when the spring came. Mm -hmm. But we were patient and we cut them back. The LSU gold and the brown turkey um, began developing foliage very quickly from mm -hmm. their roots. Uh, the Celeste was languishing, and we had pretty much given up on it, but the other day we noticed one little green leaf coming up yeah. from the base of the plant. We think now that's the harbinger of growth to come, so we, we think all three figs are going to make it when everything is said and done. That so. taught us a lesson, though, that this year, uh, this win coming winter, if we have that kind of weather, we do need to be sure we cover those figs. I agree. We're just going to have to take precautions with a young fig. Now, surely, after it's been growing for a while, it'll be a little more hardy than oh, that. Oh, yeah, but. once it's it's large. But for sure, all the, the one-year figs that we planted, and possibly even those that, since they did kind of have to start over, they're small, right. once we had yeah, to cut back. Just, it's like a new fig tree, but yeah. we're just glad they made it. Yeah. Um, little, just a quick statement about the trellising system, because I know we've talked a lot about that, and it's it makes us unusual among orchard um, operators. But so far, it seems to be working well. I'm I'm yeah. enjoying the the role that the human plays in a trellised orchard. You're pruning constantly, mm -hmm. uh, which is. You know, that may not be your cup of tea, but for us, it works out well. And I, I think it really is going to help keep the orchard manageable for an elderly farmer. Right. I think so, too. Not to mention, after, you know, we've talked about those devastating tornadoes, but the fact of the matter is that we often have high winds. They're not always of that magnitude, but... the. Weird high wind weather is a, is a kind of a frequent visitor to central Alabama. And if we can protect the branches of some of those trees, especially the peach trees, um, I then agree. we need I, to do so. 
I think it's going to help us to keep more of our fruit harvestable. Mm-hmm. By the way, we do have some little peaches on our We have little peaches. peaches on the two June gold peaches. I did go in and do a little thinning yesterday. Okay. Uh, but not much. Yeah. And I, I think mainly we're just interested in seeing how they come along. I know. I can't wait to try one when they so, mature. Uh, we don't know exactly when mm-hmm. that will be because these are the first peaches we've ever seen on these trees, but we will be watching it closely. Can I brag about my little uh, tractor fix? Please do. I was so proud of you. We have a uh, John Deere 5310 tractor that uh, ran hot while I was working the other day and blew the top off of its coolant tank. I didn't make the connection until later, but what had happened is I had lost the main fan belt. So I am I who cannot fix anything have now removed the fan belt, uh, purchased a replacement for it at CarQuest in Tallahassee, and installed the fan belt and operated the tractor. So I feel real glad that I have been able to do that. Obviously, I'm going to have to learn to do things that are more complicated than that. But that's quite an accomplishment for me. I do think you're overstating it to say you who cannot fix anything. You're very good at fixing things. But that... uh, I was impressed with that, too. And, and be, you know, it didn't end up costing you that much money because I oh, don't no. know how much the fan Very belt cost. So yeah. that's good. Well, I think we should talk about another big development that happened about three days ago. Maybe? Or a medium-sized yeah. development. Yeah. His name is Adi. This is a dog <laughs> who, uh, who found us. He came to Adi us. Adi wandered up to our uh, barn here and... Uh, and he was here while Beverly was here with us over the weekend and has um, seemingly decided that we are a good set of folks to hang out with. He's adopted us. His name, you named him, I, I like it, Odysseus, because he was on an odyssey. And Homer would be proud, right? Yes. <laughs> but um, and he, but we're calling him Odie for short. He's a, apparently, I took him to the vet yesterday, so here's, a, here's the... Um, Diagnosis of full-blooded, uh, purebred Springer Spaniel. Probably about two to three years old. And we're going to have to make up a birthday for him. That's right. We, do, we have no idea. We decided to let him share our birthday. So that oh, we is have, that what we're going to do? Well, is that okay with you? I it's mentioned okay that me. yesterday. So that our birthday, which is October 14th, you and I share a birthday. We'll share that with Adi, too. And we'll just have a three-way celebration. Sounds good. And uh, just a real, real quick uh, note about ham radio. I think I've talked before about uh, the need for us to be more resilient with our communications. I am due to take the exam this weekend to get my ham radio license, so that should be uh, coming together as well. Yes, I'll be pulling for you because, uh, you know, one thing I think we've talked about resilience and all kinds of uh, different ways that we're approaching that, but in the wake of the tornadoes, it's made us even more aware of the need to have multiple means of communication. Sure has. That was sort of an, an exclamation point placed at, on our ham radio preparation when yeah. we went through that storm. And well, we had a niece that we couldn't even, nobody knew how she was doing we for a while. were unable to communicate with Blakely and Hunter for a couple of days. And right. I, I guess it was a one full day. One full day. And, but luckily, they're fine. But 
their power was out. They were up in Huntsville or right outside Huntsville. Power was out, cell towers down or some, for whatever reason, cell phones not working. So wouldn't it have been nice to know how to use the ham radio and know how to reach ham radio operators in that area? In that area and find out that they were okay. So that's one of the other things that we are doing as we move along this path. And we will tell you more about it when we get together with you next week. Have a great few days. You've been listening to Long Leaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the Daily Farm Log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.